0: You are listening to episode 283 of the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast with me, Lucia Holley. Welcome to the Mindfulness-Based Weight Loss Podcast, the show for women like you who have tried restrictive diet after diet and are ready for simple, thoughtful solutions to help you sustainably lose weight for the last time from a place of abundance and peace. If you're looking to end the yo-yo of comfort eating and rigid weight loss protocols, and instead step into living your life mindfully on your terms while losing weight in the process, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, welcome to the show. Y'all listen. Today's episode, we are talking about a values-aligned weight loss and what it means for you when you are looking to lose weight In order to feel better, in order to increase your insulin sensitivity, in order to increase your leptin sensitivity, in order to fully understand the foods that you love, in order to say no to foods that you don't like, and to say yes to more of the foods that you do love, we have to not only understand our values from a logical standpoint, the things the emotions, the life experiences that we value, that we would like more of, because the way that we get more of those is that we create them in our life, but also the main point of this episode is for you to begin to take action on creating the life that you love. In case you have forgotten, we all only have one life that we're given, and no matter at whatever point you may be in your life, you can always take one step, one pinky toe into the pool of having it be more aligned with what you value for yourself, what you value for your family, what you value for your community. But at the end of the day, it starts with what you value for yourself. So I've had some really fun client interactions recently where we've really have ascertained through them taking action what they value and what they don't value. And, you know, I know compared to some other coaches, that can sound a a bit loosey-goosey. It can sound rather loosey-goosey for a coach to be like, all right, here are the habits I'd like you to start with. Like, listen, when my clients come to me, not all, like, everything is individualized, okay? So we're talking about steps, we talk about strength training, we talk about calories, we talk about proteins, carbs, and fats, we talk about what their days are like, we talk about how to integrate those habits, and I might, I might start a client off with a certain goal for a habit that might not be the end goal for that habit, You know, like if a client is coming from more physical inactivity and they're looking to become more physically active, if they're generally starting with maybe 2,500 daily steps a day, it's not to their biggest benefit for me to tell them, all right, now tomorrow you're going to go get 12,000 steps. No, we're going to on-ramp you and that's going to take time, right? I think that makes sense, yeah? But... As you are taking action in your onboarding of the six healthy habits, getting 7,000 more steps a day, getting 70 ounces of water a day, sleeping seven or more hours of at night, strength training two to four times a week with progressive overload, creating your balanced meals of protein, fat, carbohydrate at each meal, your snacks, dessert having a stress or mindfulness release practice, whether that is playing with your kids, your dog, or sitting in quietude with yourself. These are the healthy habits. And all that changes when you, when you're looking to lose weight is that you clip off some calories off of the top. Okay. So along the way, you have to just decide to get messy. You have to decide that you're not going to perfectly know how to increase your steps until you start to try. So many women because of their cultural upbringings, tend to be more perfectionistic. Because if you aren't trying your best, or if you aren't trying to do something perfectly, then what has that culture taught you? You are wrong, you are bad, you should be ashamed. And then there's a lot of negative um, motivation that can occur when we're striving. And that's the energy that I see can dissolve and does dissolve when you separate and you depersonalize your healthy habits from who you are. It does not make you better or worse if you drink more water or if you drink less water one day. It does not make you a better person or a worse person if you have a balanced lunch or you don't. However, what you might find is that you and your well-being and your mental wellness may respond very positively to a balanced lunch, to drinking enough water. So there is an interplay between you and your habits, but you are not your habits. And this is very important to understand because all too often, over my almost decade of coaching, I would see so frequently people who would get really type A about, living a lovely life. <laughs> and it's almost laughable. So there's there's something to be understood when it comes to living a values aligned way and then layering in weight loss on top of that. This is why I've really chosen to speak about the healthy habits separately from weight loss. Listen, simply by just balancing out your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, your snacks, which often means adding in more protein, getting in enough vegetables, getting in a source of carbohydrate depending on your um, energy output daily and weekly. Beyond that, You're just here to live a wonderful life. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for me as a coach or me as someone who has nutrition information with a podcast and all the things, social media, an email list. It does not make sense for me to center what I value and what I think you should or could value. I can share with you the healthy habits, but it's up to you. To start to implement them messily enough, whether via coaching or just taking the information we talk about on this show, you have to take that action so then you can see along the way, oh, actually eating all the Halloween candy doesn't make me feel good, but planning in a few pieces that I can really look forward to does. Or wait a second, that Halloween candy is actually just standing in for The flowerless dark chocolate tort that I actually want when I think about something yummy and chocolatey. Wait a second. This thoughtfulness and this energy that I have towards my food in this one area, hold on. I realize that I haven't been applying that. And having that thoughtfulness is something I value, I haven't been applying it towards my snacks on Friday afternoons. Oh, interesting is that something that I value? Yes. Now that I recognize I value it because I've been in action, because I've let that action be imperfect, I now know that much more about myself. I see uh, just I just see a lot of women who basically tell themselves to live at a standstill. They tell themselves they know what to do and they tell themselves they're not doing it and then they live in this uncomfortable space. Of feeling dejected, feeling like a failure, feeling a lot of really crappy feelings that they're choosing to feel. And when I say that, listen to me. I'm not saying it like just choose to feel better because that sucks. But we have to teach ourselves how to feel better. And part of teaching ourselves how to feel better is to implement these healthy habits that I've just described. And the other part is to allow ourselves to be messy. And so frequently, I think a lot of us actually don't identify with that messiness because in our brains, being messy is bad. And I think that's part of diet culture. Diet culture really has raised so many, especially women, to believe that doing something imperfectly is bad and wrong. So better to not try at all or to kind of try and then to completely give it up than to try and maybe have other people see that you're trying it is 100% okay and normal and human and you will see if you look at any of like the self-help gurus or you know the the psychologists who are doing research on behavior change it's okay that you're going to have a good enough plan and you just start going on it because the way to get better at good enough is to show up in that good enoughness I will use an example that I've used before of riding a bike. You will never be good enough at riding a bike by watching YouTube videos on how to ride a bike. It can help to a certain point. It can help to read a book about how to ride a bike. But you will never get good enough at riding the bike until you sit on the bike and you ride it. And that means that that is is the imperfect action. Because just by sitting on the bike as a beginner, you are open to falling. You're open also to riding the bike. And what both of those require is practice. (laughs) Remember, we actually have to practice how to fall on a bike, because there's a way to fall on a bike that at least is a bit more protective than some other ways. Just like we practice how to ride the bike, we have to expect that there's going to be bumpy gravel, that we'll ride on as well as expecting there to be a smooth sidewalk. When we give ourselves the opportunity to take imperfect, messy action, what we're also doing is allowing ourselves to have imperfect moods and imperfect thoughts while we take the action. I had just a lovely I do client check-ins on Wednesdays as you know, other days as well, but so today is a Wednesday when I'm recording. So I did client check-ins this morning. And one of my clients was doing a workout last night and I was, you know, checking her form videos. And part of what she said was she was like, Listen, I really didn't want to work out as one of her wins. I didn't want to work out, but I told myself I could do it for 10 minutes. And of course, guess what happened? She did the workout for 10 minutes and then it felt great. And then she finished the workout and she felt really proud of herself and she felt better than when she started the workout. That is also what imperfect action means. It's also what messy action means. I don't want you to always just think about the literal idea of messy. Because sometimes imperfect messy action is saying, my mood isn't 100% where I expected it to be as I'm about to do this habit. And that's okay. I'll do it anyway. It's getting out on a walk. Even if you've had a long, hard day, but you know that that walk, you can actually go do it. That's the imperfect action because your brain will not always be available to motivate you. Stop expecting it to. Just like, and I say that with love, right? We don't expect our little kiddos to always be motivated. We just don't because they're kids. We might want them to, but in reality, we all know that kids are kids and sometimes they'd have their own opinions. Guess what? As adults, we are all the same. I think there would be so much goodness in this world if we took the pressure off of being adults that we're all that radically different from kids. Adults are just kids that have practiced things a little bit more. And that means that when there are newer things for you to practice, you get the opportunity to approach them how you might help a child approach that activity. It's not that your brain is childlike. <laughs> it's that you have a human brain and kids are just like a clearer example of humanity in my humble opinion. When you give yourself that permission to let your moods be imperfect, let your thoughts be imperfect, throw the temper tantrum and go do it anyway. That is, is the most powerful form of self-compassion that I've ever seen. Those are the people, when you look to people who are successful in the things that you desire success in, that's what they've done. Maybe they've hired someone who taught that to them. Maybe they hired someone who helped them get to the place they want to go faster. Okay, There are lots of ways to success, but at the end of the day, that's what I see it boil down to, is that they are quick routing the ability to be in a crappy mood and do the thing anyway because they're not taking their thinking personally they're not taking their feelings personally they're humans just like you having a human experience and they're doing the thing anyway they're getting the support anyway they're looking at their resources and deciding well what can i do anyway and some people might be more resourced and other people might be less resourced but i tell you we very often underestimate our own resources. And now that I've started strength training with clients, like teaching them, you know, strength training, and I, I, I get their form feedback to them and I assess their videos of their movements that they're doing, what's always so fascinating is that I can see time and time again how common it is to underestimate what we can do. Most of the time, yeah, I'm offering form feedback. And yes, sometimes that means like, you know, either better posture or slowing a movement down. But for the most part, oftentimes the feedback that I offer as a coach is you can lift heavier. (laughs) And if you don't have the dumbbell to lift heavier, then do the move slower or add some more repetitions to it because you can do this. And so I also think it's completely human nature that we underestimate our power, which is normal. Because we haven't necessarily explored what is it like to lift a heavier weight. Sometimes we need that encouragement and that support of not having to be the only person that is seeing us in our context. So a coach, you know, after a while, they're seeing how you're fueling yourself. They're seeing how you're, um, you know, getting in cardiovascular activity. They're seeing the amount of strength that you have over time. They're going to have a really good idea because they aren't you. Because they don't have to take your inputs and outputs personally, they're going to have a great idea of, oh yeah, you can actually push yourself a bit more. So anyway, just using that as an example to remind you that there is a dance in this health and wellness jig. And the dance includes taking imperfect, messy action towards these habits that align with your values. If you don't know what your values are, go to Google, type in values list. You'll get a list of 100, 200 words that are most commonly used across humans to define, in general, things that you value across a wide spectrum of activities and, you know, general scopes. Whittle down, like, look at that list, give yourself 10 minutes and find and circle 10 of those words that jump out at you at the page. Take a break and then whittle those 10 terms that you find down to five. And those five, maybe you whittle them down to three or four. And there you have these core values. And I'm going to say it is as simple as that because I can't define the values for you. The practice does not have to be more specific than that. It's a very powerful practice that can help you start to navigate if you are newer to tuning into yourself. If a lot of this information feels, you're like, okay, I get it, but how do I implement it? Start with assessing what are my core values? What are the values, the things that matter to me? If I look at a list of terms, what are the ones that jump out to me? And then of those, what are the ones that jump out from that? Can I whittle it down a bit? And as a reminder to you, because I I used to talk about core values a bit more a couple years ago, your core values can shift over time. So you don't have to cling to them. They're not always going to be exactly uh, what they were five years ago, three years ago, but they give you a good pulse on what matters to you now. And I think that's a beautiful mindfulness exercise is that when in doubt, when you're getting really thinky, come back to that little list of values. That's a great way to come back into the present moment. If you're having to make a decision, first off, can you sleep on it? (laughs) And second off, after you've slept on it, how does that decision making feel? And then third off, you're not sure what to do still at that point, pull up that values sheet. See if that helps you navigate things a bit. Okay, y'all, thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I will see you next week. Bye! Hey, if you love today's show, I'd love for you to take a minute and give a rating with a review. If you too are ready for more women to make life choices from loving mindfulness, that means we need more women listening to this message so they know what's available to them and they can do it too. And if you're ready yourself, come coach with me, where we'll work together and you'll learn how to take this process to the next level in your wellness goals, life desires, and beyond. Go to luciahawley.com, that's L-U-C-I-A. H-A-W-L-E-Y to connect.